You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. some encouragement quick encouragement you're an athlete and you score the touchdown bow a knee or point toward heaven because listen if it weren't for God you'd never have the ability to be the athlete that you are you're the captain of the basketball team you're the one that scores most of the points Uh, you've won many games hitting that final throw free throw or whatever at the buzzer final shot at the buzzer listen Give heaven the glory. Because if it weren't for heaven, you would not have that ability. You're a successful business person. You better make sure you give God the glory. Today, Pastor Danny encourages successful people. Realize that your success comes from the Father and not from your strength. Are you a talented baker, successful business person, skilled athlete? Who gave you the brain to acquire the knowledge for those skills? Your Heavenly Father. So anytime you succeed in your life, thank the Father for the blessings that He's given you. Pastor Danny will point out, if you're prideful in your strength, the Lord may humble you himself. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of 1 Peter chapter 5 with today's edition of The Living Word. Third characteristic of a biblically humble person, they are dependent. Dependent. Let me read you what David said before he goes out and fights the Philistine named Goliath. He said to King Saul, your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. He was dependent on the Lord. As a shepherd boy, he had gone out after lions and bears that threatened the flock. And he put his life on the line because he's a true shepherd and a true heart of a shepherd. But his dependency, his dependency is not on his physical ability. His his dependency is on the Lord. He didn't go out and face Goliath because he's a good shot with a sling, even though he was. He went out and faced Goliath because he depended on the Lord, because he was humble. Biblically humble people don't think very highly of themselves. Romans 12, 3 says not to think too highly of yourself, but think of yourself in sober judgment, with sober judgment in accordance with what God's given you, the measure of faith that he's given you, realizing that everything we are and everything we have come from heaven. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, James chapter 1. And then they don't focus attention on themselves. They don't draw attention to themselves. Jesus, again, as an example, Matthew 12, verse 19, he will not quarrel or cry out. You will not hear his voice in the streets. He doesn't call attention to himself. And then finally, they give all glory to the Lord. Psalm 115, the first verse of Psalm 115 is just tremendous. Let me, let me read it. Psalm 115, verse 1. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory. Let me give you some encouragement, quick encouragement. You're an athlete and you score the touchdown? Bow a knee or point toward heaven because, listen, if it weren't for God, you'd never have the ability to be the athlete that you are. You're the captain of the basketball team. You're the one that scores most of the points. Uh, You've won many games hitting that final throw, free throw or whatever at the buzzer, final shot at the buzzer. Listen, 
give heaven the glory. Because if it weren't for heaven, you would not have that ability. You're a successful business person, you better make sure you give God the glory. Because everything we are and everything we have is because of him. I'm talking Christian and non-Christian. Some of the characteristics you'll see of people who are prideful, it's the opposite of these characteristics. It's exactly the opposite. Now, let me give you a couple of points. One is this. Some people who are prideful, thank God, later become humble. Some people who are prideful finally come to the place they realize, I need to humble myself before the Lord. Or they are humbled by the Lord. By the way, it's much better to humble yourself than to be humbled. Much easier path. One of the greatest characters in all the Old Testament, Moses. Acts chapter 7 verse 22 says that Moses was powerful in speech and in action. Remember Moses as a baby, put in a little basket, put it out in the Nile. Pharaoh's daughter comes down to the Nile with her attendants. And she basically adopts Moses and Moses grows up in in a palace known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. It says he was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. In other words, he had the best education around in the day. And he was a great speaker. People were impressed by his speaking. Not only was he a great speaker, Moses was a guy who got things done. Pharaoh wanted something done, he'd get, Moses, we need you to do this. And Moses was powerful in action. He'd get things done. But because of his education, because of his great ability in speaking, and because he was a get-or-done kind of guy, That was what led to his terrible mistake. When he goes out one day and an Egyptian is mistreating a Hebrew, Acts tells us Moses knew God had called him to be a deliverer, to deliver his people, the Hebrew people, from the bondage of Egypt. The mistake he made initially was that he, in his own power, defended his Hebrew brother and he killed the Egyptian. And that mistake sent him on the backside of the desert for 40 years for some good humility training. And after 40 years, here's what Numbers chapter 12, verse 3 says, Moses was the most humble man on the face of the earth. And now that he's humble, God comes to him in the burning bush there in the desert. And when God comes to him and says, now, now we can do it my way. Because now you're ready. Let me remind you of what Moses says. Exodus chapter 3, verse 11, Moses said to God, who am I? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? And God said, I'll be with you. Well, that wasn't good enough for Moses. So verse 13, Moses says, suppose I go to the Israelites and say, the God of your fathers has sent me. And they ask me, what's his name? What am I going to tell them? And God says, you tell them I am who I am. Well, that didn't do it for Moses either. You get in chapter 4, and Moses said, well, what if they don't believe me or listen to me? And the Lord, and they say, the Lord did not appear to you. And God did some miraculous things with Moses' hand and with his staff. In other words, I'm going to do miracles. I'll prove myself. It'll be my power. Well, that doesn't do it for Moses. Chapter 4, you go down to verse 10. Moses said to the Lord, oh, Lord, I've never been eloquent. You also got a bad memory. Because 40 years before you were eloquent, you were powerful in speech. But something over those 40 years now, he's not eloquent. He's not powerful in speech. I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I'm slow of speech and tongue. And the Lord said to him, who gave man his mouth? In other words, I can help you there. 
And I love the fifth and final excuse Moses gives, verse 13, chapter 4. Moses said, Lord, please send somebody else to do it. I'm not the guy. But you are the guy if you're humble. You are the person if you're humble. Because that's who God's going to shower his grace on. That's who God's going to lift up. That's who God's going to use. That's who God's going to bless. Not only does God do this with believers like Moses, God wants unbelievers to humble themselves so that they might be saved, so that they might be blessed. I love the story in the book of Daniel, chapter 4, of one of the greatest non-believing kings in history. His name's Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel chapter 4, Nebuchadnezzar, verse 4 says, I was at home in my palace, contented and prosperous, and I had a dream that made me afraid. As I was lying on my bed, the images and visions that passed through my mind terrified me. So he calls his enchanters, his magicians, and they, he tells them uh, what the dream was he had. And he says, tell me what it means. And they listen to him, and then they say, we don't know what it means. So he sends for a guy. He's named Belshazzar. It's Daniel. And Daniel listens to the dream. And Daniel tells him the interpretation of the dream. What he sees is this tree, this massive tree, and uh, it's this strong tree, grew in large, top reaching up to the sky. Daniel chapter 4, verse 20 says, The tree you saw which grew large and strong with its top touching the sky, visible to the whole earth, with beautiful leaves and abundant fruit, providing food for all, giving shelter to the beasts of the field, having nesting places in its branches for the birds of the air. You, O king, are the tree. You become great and strong. Your greatness has grown until it reaches to the sky. And your dominion extends to the distant parts of the earth. You, O king, saw a messenger, a holy one coming down from heaven and saying, cut down the tree, destroy it, but leave the stump bound with iron and bronze in the grass of the field while its roots remain in the ground. Let him be drenched with the dew of heaven. Let him live like the wild animals until seven times or seven years pass by for him. This is the interpretation, O king, and this is the decree the Most High has issued against my Lord the king. You'll be driven away from the people and live like the wild animals or with the wild animals. You'll eat grass like cattle, be drenched with the dew of heaven until seven years pass by. And then you'll have learned your lesson. Well, he hears this. Daniel says to him in verse 27, Therefore, O king, be pleased to accept my advice. Renounce your sins by doing what is right and your wickedness by being kind to the oppressed. It may be that then your prosperity will continue. In other words, if you'll humble yourself, maybe you won't have to go this painful seven-year path if you'll just humble yourself. But Nebuchadnezzar does not listen. Life will be difficult. It's inevitable and part of being a resident of this fallen world. The question then becomes, how do you handle unexpected trials? Through this study in the book of 1 Peter, Pastor Danny has been encouraging you to take your troubles to your Savior. He cares for you and is the strength and comfort that you crave. Are you facing an unexpected or frustrating situation today? Can we pray for you? There's strength in lifting one another up in prayer, and we're honored to do that for you. Send us an email at info at ccfstpete.church. Would you pray for us here at The Living Word too? 
As our ministry grows, we always want to make sure that we're seeking Jesus first and our ideas second. His guidance is what we need. Would you pray that we'd recognize His voice always? Thanks for praying. Do you live in or near St. Petersburg? If so, we have a special invitation for you. Pastor Danny and all of us at Calvary Chapel Fellowship would love to have you join us for our weekend services. We gather on Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. And your presence would be such a blessing to us. Find out more and get directions at ccfstpete.church. Thanks for tuning in today. Join us next time to hear another message from Scripture right here on The Living Word.